Welcome to the We Go There podcast. I'm Lexi. And I'm Nikki. And our favorite conversations are when someone starts by saying, this might be TMI, but... Exactly. We go there. Because no topic should be too taboo, especially when it comes to women's health. We ask the questions you may be too afraid to ask and interview the experts to get the answers you need. So we're doing this completely unfiltered. 100%. Okay, let's go there. Hello, Dr. Stacy. We're happy to have you. We are so excited that you're taking the time out of your busy day to speak with us about this topic that's very close to my heart. Um, we're talking about fertility, infertility, miscarriage, um, and we're just really honored to have you. So um, I'm going to just give a little context of who you are before we jump right in. Um, so you're my friend, psychologist, <laughs> Dr. Stacy Thomas, and you are one of our first ever guests on this brand new podcast. Called awesome. Um, I have known you for over a decade. So just a little context. Um, Dr. Stacy was actually a Pilates student of mine during her second pregnancy. How many years ago was that now? Well, uh, it would have been seven-ish because seven. my daughter's six. Oh, so. yeah, yeah. Okay. So that was a while ago. Um, mm-hmm. And then I became a student of yours when I was going through fertility treatments. Dr. Mm-hmm. Stacy counsels many women coping with infertility and actually interviewed me for her YouTube channel when I was going through our first round of IUIs. I have never met anyone so intuitively empathetic. Stacy, I'm over the moon to have you here for this really personal episode. Thank you for all that you do. Oh, well, thank you so much for having me, Nikki and Lexi as well. And, you know, you are uh, an inspiration yourself. Um, I'll just share that when you were brave enough to go on social media and your feed and tell people what was really going on, like my heart just expanded and I immediately, you know, I mean, I immediately reached out to you and said, what? Oh my gosh, like we need to talk. And, you know, it was in that conversation that we were having just personally as, as friends. And then I said to you, you know, if you feel comfortable, would you be willing, since you put it out there already, for us to continue this conversation in this video? And it was a, it's a really special interview, especially because it was at the beginning of that or close to the beginning of that journey. And then things have changed so much. So, um, yeah, I almost want to interview you right now. <laughs> I know you're here to talk to me, but, 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 but this is kind of part of the point because this is a journey. It very much is a journey. And my um, entry into this world isn't because I walked this journey. It's because I was so moved when I understood what so many women were going through, so many couples were going through. Um, and I was, you know my daughter had come into my life already. I was alone in the wilderness going, what do I do now? So I left, I decided to leave a very corporate kind of uh, institutional job, like a consulting job as a psychologist. That was so easy for me to do, just show up and see the clients, but my heart wasn't in it anymore for a lot of reasons. So when my daughter entered into my life, it was my exit like it's like I, I wrote the emails and basically never coming back like oh, wow. you guys but not coming because I knew I didn't want to go back I needed to go forward but I didn't know what the forward was going to look like right and I was just 
literally walking around with the baby in the carrier going, universe, tell me, like, come on, like, I'm asking, like, what am I supposed to do? And I had a lunch with uh, a cousin of mine who is a fertility specialist, Dr. Tanya Williams. And we, I was just like, I don't know what I'm doing next. She's like, why don't you work in fertility? Like, you'd be perfect for this. Like, you have the right background as a health. <laughs> you have the right background as a health psychologist. You'd have to do a little bit of extra training. I'm like, okay. And like, literally that day, I just because I'm a big talker and I'm just talking like at the playground, like picking up my son, and I couldn't believe how many friends of mine, like people, like their, their children were born through IVF started just sharing with me another, another, uh, couple, like the dad, like we were sitting there watching ball hockey and he's telling me his, I hadn't met the, this, his son's mom yet. Like, so I was just like, Whoa, like your whole journey of secondary for infertility. Right. And I was just so moved and, and thought like some people had a chance to talk to someone as part of part of their their clinic and the clinic offered that but many hadn't and i was just so like oh my gosh like i can't believe that you were going through this like i and i don't know many journeys that are harder than this actually like i mean i i work with a lot of trauma and this i like people losing limbs and like lots of really hard stuff i mean trauma is trauma but this scenario where it's not only like your your all your life's and dreams, like your whole vision of your life, is so brought into question, and then there's this, this physically grueling process on top of it, and you're carrying on like things are normal, right? Like it's just like you know, and it's all hidden, it's and like, you're surrounded by by the exact thing that you want everywhere, which I can't totally. imagine that being so much more magnified when you are going through that yeah. type of experience and then also probably not feeling like you can talk openly about it or that people maybe understand right yeah a lot of people feel that isolation and then that shame which is it breeds more isolation so it's this horrible cycle um, absolutely and, and yeah like it's it's one of those things that I think a lot of people misunderstand there is a lot of I experienced blame where there's an assumption that it's something that you're doing wrong or you're not healthy. The woman is always blamed, which drives mm-hmm. me mm-hmm. <laughs> So right. it's the patriarchy of infertility as well. Mm-hmm. And, and it, it just feels so incredibly, I just remember like you helped me so much because deep down I was filled with a lot of, first it was, you know, a big surprise and then it was fear and, and, mourning a loss of an experience that you thought you would have around becoming a parent. And then there was anger and resentment being like, are you freaking kidding me? I'm the healthiest goddamn person I know. Why the Mm. hell do I? And then of course people would be like, Oh, have you tried acupuncture? (laughs) I was like, I wrote the goddamn book on, excuse me. We're going to swear in this episode. I wrote the the book (laughs) on eating healthy. This is what I do for a living, you know, Mm. you know, and, and yet, it, it, you know, and God bless her, my sister-in-law at the time, you know, smoking a lot, drinking a lot, conceived no problem. And I just remember feeling, and I love her and we're very good friends. And I would say this to her face, but I remember feeling so, oh, like just, it's not fair. It's just not fair. And you have to put on a brave face and reconcile that with yourself and carry on about your day. Like, 
as you mentioned, Stacey, like, mm-hmm. like everything's kosher and it's not. Right. It's not. No, so, but this is, you bring up something really important. Okay. So I can, it's, it's a subtle thing, but it's, I think worth highlighting. So this journey, this journey, and like any challenge, okay, it's going to bring up stuff. <laughs> going to bring up a lot of stuff. It's Nikki's hands are clenched right oh, now. Totally. Like I can see it, but, but there's, you know, my practice. So uh, I see uh, you're high performance. Like look at who we are talking to right now. Okay. You guys are entrepreneurs, successful, you know, self-made, like, really like in the world, action oriented, you, you set your mind to something, you see results. That's like 90% yeah. of the people in my practice. Okay? Right. We need all your help. Yeah. No, but, but this is important. Okay. So we, we are living under the illusion of a transactional world. Okay. We've created these transactions, eat your peas and then you can have dessert. Like you do good, good things happen to you. Okay, and I think this is a really important thing to highlight, especially now in this time of global awareness and things shifting and all these paradigm shifts that are being made aware to us, because this is something in here too, where we are um, kind of privileged in this bubble that we've been in, that everything is in our hands. Mm -hmm. We are totally in control of our destinies. Okay. And yes, there's a piece, sure, but not all of it. And what's interesting, because I had the opportunity to consult to a clinic, so everyone going through IVF, I saw. It's just part of the process, and that's how they did things at that clinic. Um, And you see a range of people, and you see some people who are not in as much turmoil. It's interesting. And there is some common element there where just from a religious or cultural perspective, it's like, yeah, we're going to try and kind of along the lines of God willing in time at the right, right time, kind of like this acceptance of we're doing it, but if it's not meant to be, it's not meant to be, then we're going to be okay. And it's kind of interesting. Like this is part of our Westernized mindset um, that needs to be challenged before you have the kid. Needs to be challenged before you have the kid because the kid is not an extension of you. The kid needs room to be who they are. And the thing that um, us high-achieving people, goal-oriented, what we're not good at is self-compassion. We really, we really suck at that. We're used yeah. to pushing beyond our boundaries. We're used to body, like mind over matter. Like we are those people mm-hmm. and we're very good at caring for other people, but we're not good for ourselves. So this, what I see with this challenge, this particular challenge is this is the learning now. This is the learning now in preparation for the next the, being a parent, because if you really want to be a parent, there's a way you, you find a way. 
So the okay. tension of like that control, I mean, you're just not in control. I can't imagine. I, I struggled just with like not being able to control when I was actually having the baby. Like I can't imagine, you know, like, and it is, yeah. it's like you said, that personality that you probably see the most are the ones that mm-hmm. really have felt like they've been able to control their destiny. And, yeah. and this being something that it's like, okay, I'm doing all the things I'm doing the acupuncture, I'm eating, drinking the smoothies, like what yeah. now? Um, happen. So what are some of the, I guess, things that when you work with an individual, what, Mm -hmm. what I guess would help them? Like, is it opening up to people? Is it, you know, in sharing with certain people, I guess, like, I know someone who works uh, with me, who's been so open and honest Mm -hmm. about her journey that she's continuing to go through. Um, And it's, she said that that's really helped her because all the appointments, like she hasn't had to, you know, the MIA and lying to me about where she is and, and then feeling the guilt about not, not showing up for work and me and, and wondering what your employer is thinking, like those types of things. So what, what are some of the ways, I guess? So what you keyed on something really important is the support, the circle of support. Okay. And, um, very important to, if you can find an ally in this and if you can, you know, legally, like if we were talking employment kind of scenario, you don't have to tell them why or all the details, but be able to think about, okay, what is this actually going to require of me? And can I create this space, first of all, for that to happen? And who do I may need to talk to some people so that they, they know what to expect because otherwise there's just frustration and you're, you're dealing with another layer of stress. So if you can kind of make way, make room for the process with, with an, be generous. Okay. Be generous with yourself around space and time. Don't, don't be optimistic about how you're going to feel after procedures. Just err on the side of it's not going to, I'm going to feel like shit. Or maybe I just want to have time and space just because I just went through something significant and I don't really feel like I can step into the, the ordinary world again. Right. Like that, you know, so to think, like, think about like what your needs are first and carve out the time and space for that. And certainly, um, I, I think about the support. Like, if you think about going through a challenge, I uh, a really other great wise person, Julian Ho, who's an amazing trainer in Toronto, and he does these ultra marathons. Like, I'm like, dude, you, you ran from here to Buffalo? Like, that's basically <laughs> what you did in, like, record time? Like, tell me. And he's, he told me something really important is, like, we always look at that runner crossing the finish line, but we don't appreciate the entire team that it took to help him and that, you know, he needed to listen first very intimately to himself to understand what are the little nuances, the little things I need to be able to tell my team. And then he thought about their role, the kind of roles he needed and who was the best person to serve those roles. Okay. And then that team actually collaborates together to serve him. So I'm like, this is a brilliant design. Like that's taking support to a whole new level. And this challenge, a challenge is challenge. Like whether you're running a hundred mile ultra marathon or going through fertility, right? right? It's a challenge and it's a long process. And so thinking about, okay, who is my circle of support? Not everyone is the person you go to with their emotional wounds. 
Like sometimes they're just not good at it. It's not their wheelhouse, but are they the person you need to go to when you need a laugh? Yeah. Okay. That's your role. Like you start thinking about the people around you who are really wanting to serve you and you don't even have to tell them everything that you're going through. You can just say, if it's not, if you're not comfortable, if you're not there yet, because say, you know what, I'm just going through this transitionary time in life. I know I'm going to need this. Mm-hmm. And can you do this for me? Yeah, I actually found a lot of support. Like, it's interesting. I was 34 when we started trying and mm-hmm. then, you know, quickly escalated to IUIs and then eventually IVF. And it's interesting at the time, none of my friends were going through it or had gone mm-hmm. through it. And I felt very much like the odd one out. Mm-hmm. And now since then, two of my closest high school friends have gone through it. Yeah. And, you know, it's been what it's been five years now. So in that five year time period, I've had more and more actually no three, three friends now. Right. So they, and now I'm becoming the person that they go to for support because mm-hmm. I've lived it. But at the time, nobody in my life that was close to me had gone through it. So I found mm-hmm. a lot of support online. And I created a private Instagram account Mm. because I didn't want to share it. And and I was blown away by how many people have have done the same thing. Mm -hmm. And it's just this whole world of, of fertility. And I've noticed that you know, I've kept in touch with some of these women that I had met. Mm. One of the things that I have noticed, and it's sad, but I accept it because it's just the way it is. It can be too painful sometimes for people who, Mm -hmm. you know, going through IVF at the same time, there was this one woman um, in in Vancouver, and we actually sent drugs back and forth to each other um, because they're for people who don't know, they're very expensive and mm. they were unopened. It was perfectly fine. It was the same med. Um, people are like, what are you talking He's about? Peddling <laughs> drugs. That's an interesting idea though. Like right a network. I was like, I don't so need genius. this. It's going to expire in three months. It's just going to get thrown out. You yeah. need this. Here, off you go. And I and we I sent her meds. And she was like, Thank you so much. We we, you know, got you know to know each other a little bit. But it's really sad that, you know, it didn't work for her. It did work for me. And and mm-hmm. she had said to me, she felt guilty. She's like, This is gonna be of too course. as a friendship. Yeah. I actually get shivers when I say this because mm-hmm. I send so much love to her and I, I'm mm-hmm. I feel so so badly about that for mm-hmm. her and it's it's mm-hmm. just it's flat out shitty and it's not fair yeah. but I would never blame mm-hmm. her for a second oh, totally. every time she sees me and my photos and everything she's going to be reminded of that good mm-hmm. child yeah the exact right. age the exact, the exact age, time yeah. you know and yeah. I think that having gone through this experience one of the pieces of advice I give women who are going through it and who feel like they're surrounded by everybody else you know, the worst comment is, oh, my husband just looks at me and I get pregnant. And it's just like, oh, my oh God. God, I'm dying inside whenever mm-hmm. I hear someone say that. Yeah. And they don't, they're, they're just, they don't have an understanding. And that's okay. It's not their journey. Mm-hmm. It wasn't their path. They're not yeah. trying to be malicious. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I'll say, you know what, like, you got to limit your exposure to that shit when you're going through Completely. it. Completely. <laughs> you just, just got to Completely. Yeah. Uh, completely. Absolutely. And, and you know, I, I'm so glad that you found people online and certainly things have evolved and changed and there's a range. I find that like, and this is early on before I started seeing clients, I would, you know, hang out in different Facebook groups just to see like, what's the conversation. And I, I, I'm not even going through it. I would leave sometimes those forums like in like just stressed and like, 
because it was so, it was so, so heavy and there wasn't a balance. It didn't, you know, so I see the place for that, but, you know, check out certain ones and see if it fits for you, you know, like definitely engage in those communities online, but notice just how you're feeling and if it's serving you and feel okay with just like, okay, this is just not it for me right now. So, you know, um, absolutely. So support can come in many forms and the idea of thinking of yourself needing a team, just accepting it. This is a challenge. Like, don't tell yourself that you should be able to just go through this. I don't know why. This is one of the hardest challenges. I'm just telling you flat out. So just accept <laughs> accept that and then prepare yourself accordingly. Like, you know, so not overloading on the stuff that isn't going to serve you right now. And one of the things Nikki mentioned when we were talking about this also is around like, don't go to the baby shower if you don't want to go to the baby nope. shower. Absolutely. Yeah. You don't need to be showing up in that way if it's right. not going to serve you best and be kind of right. selfish in that way, which right. I think is so, because I, I just friends that I know that are going through it and then I see them at those types of events and I think like, oh, I wonder if, you know, you want to be here and, and some of them are very open and they're like, you know what, I, I love, I love the happiness of seeing someone else like this right now. I'm okay with it. Or yeah, no, I'm not kind of thing. Right. So this is the self-compassion I'm talking about. Yeah. Okay. So, so we're often like, there's, if we're torn, right. That Like I want to go, but I don't know if I can handle it. And then I'm just like, what, what's the experience that you want to have? Right. Like, can we start there? What's the experience that you, you get to have an experience by going. And if you're concerned that you're going to show up and then spend like, you know, 15 minutes in the bathroom and then retouching your makeup, like, yeah, maybe it's not worth it, but maybe there's a way of honoring your friend or that scenario in a way that's comfortable for you, whether it's like a card or, you know, connecting one-on-one or, you know, there could be many different ways. So absolutely that this is what I'm talking about. And it's really, when we are in a, in a very vulnerable place, it's our own inner kid that needs help. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And that, that is the, the hack <laughs> that, you know, if you want to call it that, because we have this, this dynamic of the should, I should, I should, I should. And it's this adultified part that's talking, right? Like you're a competent person. Why can't I, like, I can do this and why can't I, I should be able to. But the truth is when we're being broken down, right? Like our vulnerable part is right there. And that is a kid. That is a little kid that um, was really good at listening to the adults and doing the thing you're supposed to do and sucked it up and just kept it moving. And when you're going through, like Nikki said, the roller coaster of the sadness and the anger and then, you know, Mm -hmm. all of those, the hope and then the broken down hope and each part of it, is there like a toolkit that you kind of given coping mechanisms and helping to get through that. And I can imagine like, or actually I can't even imagine Mm -hmm. the strain on a partnership also that that would have. And like Nikki said of it always being assumed it's the woman, but oftentimes it's the man and, and Mm -hmm. that default, like what are some of those coping mechanisms? And especially as a partnership that, that you would give women, you know, four tools or partners, I imagine, do you just, sorry, do you just focus on, can't remember women? Yeah. I see couples as well. And yeah, because they're going through it together. Yeah. Together. Yeah. Um, And so, okay. 
first let's, let's start about we're going to start with the, like, the mindset right we're going to start with the mindset yeah because just like you said you're doing the smoothie the acupuncture all the things this can become that too I'm doing my meditation every day I'm doing this right. like and it becomes like it's the energy that we're approaching everything with that's really key because it is subtle it's subtle okay so the first thing is the mindset of um what I call growing forward, which is the acceptance that this is a time of upheaval. And that's in this time, there's going to be something that you're going to have to let go of. Something that hasn't, doesn't serve you anymore. And that this challenge is bringing to light. And there's something new that's going to emerge and it's going to serve you. And it's going to serve whoever comes in contact with you. And most importantly, your future child. So that's the mindset. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so from that, it's a place of acceptance of, I want to be in touch and and listen to the feelings that I normally don't listen to and really take that seriously. And this is where, again, the idea of like, my my inner child is rising and there's like anger and grief and all these things that, you know, as a culture, we're not good with dealing with feelings anyway. So learning how to deal with the feelings. So first, you know, we're already overwhelmed and there is you know, there's no separation between mind and body. It's all, we're all one being, one nervous system. Okay. So learning how to calm your nervous system is like the foundational, one of the foundational skills. And there's many different ways to do that. I mean, many people are aware of meditation practices, breathe, relaxation, breathing, these kinds of things. One of the tools I have in my toolkit is hypnosis. So Um, That's basically learning to put yourself in a very deep trance state, which your nervous system just loves. It's like people will do like 15 minutes and feel like they've had a massage. Like it's, you know, and you can learn to do that yourself. So the nervous system really loves that. And from there, then we're, we're supported and grounded. So what I like to do is teach people through hypnosis. We create um, an association sign, okay sign, and you build it up that when you just literally press your calm button and you get this, like it's a, you don't have to think, you don't have to convince yourself of anything. It's just a full body kind of shift so that you feel, which is more grounded in your body. So really, so that's just a kind of tool. Calm button sounds like amazing. Yeah. I need yeah. <laughs> Press the cut, especially it works with, in a lot of situations, right? If you see me like ever like this often, like before I have to do a talk or I just was, did some hypnosis with somebody before this. So I, I, I go, I kind of go into a bit of a trance state. So it, again, it gets really helpful yeah. base tool. So, and so that is one. Another one is, is um, really listening to that vulnerable place, but again, supported. Okay. And listening to the language. So I use writing. I mean, this journal that I, created this growing forward journal was in part inspired by my fertility clients where we understand there's so much that's coming to the surface and it's worth listening to actually. Mm -hmm. And it might show up sometimes as something that seems all too negative or whatever it is, but underneath all of that is a healthy need, a healthy want that needs to be served. And so if we are really defended against the mucky stuff, we're missing the nuggets of gold, okay, that are underneath it. So the idea of like, can I show up for myself? And it doesn't have to be like, you know, necessarily every day, but I would just say that 15 minutes 
of just getting quiet and just allowing your soul to speak on the page. You know, this is one of the gifts of language. Language is what helps us transform. It takes all of these amorphous experiences and it gets to get organized. And as we put it out there, it changes reality. Even us talking right now, we're impacting each other. But then when we when we take it and take it another step further and put it into physical form, and maybe it's not writing, maybe it's drawing or something like that, some kind of physical form. Now we transformed it again and we can stand back and do something with it. Right. And what I've found, I'm I it's more natural for me to write than to draw, but some people it's for them it's drawing or something. Um I'm always struck by that voice. Like that voice on the page is different than the voice in my head. Mm-hmm. There's just something just more direct that I can take from it as a message that impacts me. And so making that a practice, like creating the time and space for that and booking ending it with something that calms you. So when we are actually doing hypnosis or meditation, we're shifting the brain out of the flight, fight or flight, the animal brain. Right. We're shifting into our higher brain, but actually a special brainwave pattern called the alpha theta state, which is when your creative and intuitive mind is most present. This is that inner guide, that inner knowing. So when we practice this, we actually develop that muscle. We're actually developing that muscle. And what we people find is that they just have this knowing like, And this is so important too, when we're going into these treatments and you're talking to this specialist and then all the Googling and the people and it's like, we need to (laughs) imagine, like I Google a lot for like the basics of things. (laughs) Oh my gosh. If you saw my Google history, especially last week we were doing hemorrhoid chat, like queefing. Totally. (laughs) That Google, the ads coming through right now. I can imagine. (laughs) There's so much noise. There's so, so much, much noise, noise. But right? I think going through this, I can imagine every single thing you're feeling, especially because of all the hormones that you oh God, have yeah. going through totally. your body. It's like, is this normal? Is this normal? Is yeah. this normal? The symptoms right. of spotting, the two-week wait is, I, you know, it's it's interesting. I was thinking. the waiting game too. Yeah. I can't imagine like just the patience of. It's a lot. It's a lot. I, I think for me, like I, I love what you're saying and you're making me doc, doc thinking like I need to be writing more and like purging all the thoughts in yeah. my brain and putting them on yeah. paper because I love that. What was that? What was that brainwave called? The alpha? Alpha theta stage. Oh, I'm going to Google that later. <laughs> yeah. 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 Alpha theta stage. But, but I feel like for me as a self, you know, I'm definitely an A-type person. It's like, if you work hard, as you mentioned, and I know Lexi, you are too, you know, we're like, we have infants at home. Let's make a podcast, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> a little, why like, not? Why not? Let's uh, run businesses. But For me, it was very much about the word for me was surrender. And that comfortable word, and that came up in our interview that we did however Mm -hmm. many years ago now, three years ago. Because it feels, at first I was like, that's disempowering Mm -hmm. to think I'm just going to surrender because I don't like to surrender. It's like, no, I'm going to fight. I'm going to fight, 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 Mm -hmm. fight, and we're going to fight and we're going to work hard and we're going to get this. We're going to make it happen. But I realized that I had a choice. And so for me, obviously... I've never felt more out of control in my life mm-hmm. than I was going through fertility because all of a sudden I realized that there's so, I, I just can't simply control it. I have mm-hmm. to surrender. But I realized that I could make a choice. And that choice allowed me to feel some level of autonomy and take my control back. So I could choose mm-hmm. 
to fight, 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 and to obsess and to be angry, or I could choose surrender. And it wasn't an easy choice, but it was a simple choice. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I can make a choice now. Mm -hmm. Am I going to obsess knowing that no matter how much I obsess, it's not going to change the outcome, or I'm going to now take a deep breath and trust and choose to surrender and choose to trust that I am doing everything in my power and that it's actually going to be detrimental to me to obsess because it's going to mess with my nervous system. It's going to mess with everything. It's going to make a journey that's hard, even harder. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to be logical and choose to surrender. But more strong. You're going to be like, that's like strong to surrender. Like that is, yeah, there's strength and so much strength there. Like logical, maybe, but like, I can't imagine, I can't imagine being, we have similar personalities, the strength (laughs) that that takes to then say, okay, let's like surrender here and But I would argue from what, based on what you said, and this is something I see a lot for different challenges, not just this one. Uh, and I know this personally from other challenges that we come to a point where we realize that our attachment, our need, our, our, our lack of trust and our te- this hustle energy that we're using is creating so much suffering. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And this is part of what, in your case, many cases needs to break. And can I trust that this is such a big word, trust, 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 that you actually are supported, that life is, is actually for you. It's not against you. It's never against you. It's exactly. never against you. That's a hard lesson to learn, especially for anyone listening to this right now. Absolutely. It is. Failed rounds of IVF spending, you know, God knows how many thousands, tens of thousands. Yeah. Of dollars. Yeah. It's, it's hard to trust because it can certainly feel like life is against you and that it's not. Absolutely. That you've done all the quote unquote right things and it's still not happening. So it's right. a bitter pill to swallow, I, I think. Yeah. Absolutely. Also- but it usually comes to this point, right? That, that you cannot keep holding on to this way. There needs to be a shift. And it's usually we come to a breaking point. Like we come to the point where like we cannot continue in this way. Like there's no way. And that's when, you know, people will start coming to me and saying, I know I need some help because I don't know how else to do this. Right. So it's finding a different energy, which is this receptive energy. What some would say the feminine energy, which is a powerful energy. Mm-hmm. So one of the, one of the writers I love in this space, she's also a mompreneur, uh, Kate Northrup. I don't know if you're familiar with her. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, she she has a book called Do Less and a Planner and all this stuff. But in her her mother, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, do less, amazing, do less, do less. But, and she's all about like, like really understanding. You should probably, I can connect you guys. You should have her on her podcast because she's all about connecting, understanding your hormones, connecting it to looking at how you live your life. Oh, I love uh, it. Her mother is a, a, a famous um, women's health physician. Is, is that her daughter that wrote it? Is it Christine Northrup? Is the yeah, daughter? is the mom. Okay. So if you know her writing, she talks about egg wisdom. Egg wisdom? Egg wisdom. Oh. This is this is like the image I try to embody myself when I'm in this frenetic kind of hustling space. It's and very relevant to fertility. You know, the egg has everything. The egg has everything in her, this golden, golden egg. And, you know, when she's ready, she takes her trip down the tubes and she's <laughs> like, 
She's like, come here, there, boys. She's not. She's not chasing anybody. She's not, <laughs> running, not doing anything. She's just hanging out, and she sends out the signal. Queenie. And the boy, and the boys just come like the boys come running. They are. They're like elbowing each other. They are like fighting. Fighting, fighting, fighting to get there. Oh my god! They are the ones hustling. She's not hustling. She's like, hmm. oh my goodness, that is incredible. I right? love. Right, and then and then she actually selects the most. She selects. They don't select. She selects the best one. And if there's something wrong, she zhuzhes it a little to make it more beautiful. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then they go on the journey together. Amazing. And she's got all the nutrients in her. For them to make that. that journey and implant into the uterus and for things to happen from there. What an amazing visualization, though, because so. I can fully picture. I mean, like, she's got a yeah. lot of attitude. Yeah. It's, funny, it's <laughs> funny you say that because I remember that actually the vision of, of so we had a, an early miscarriage with our mm. very first IUI. And I remember being told by the clinic, oh, but you got pregnant. That's a great sign. And I was like it sure shit doesn't feel great. Right. Like, how is this a good Mm. thing? And I remember they were like, yeah, but your uterus was smart. It was a bad sperm and it got rid of the bad sperm. So the judge was like, "Uh -uh, no, thank you. You're not good enough. (laughs) Out you go. And I was like, oh, so it wasn't this whole concept of miscarry drives me. Oh, I hate that word. Miscarry. Like, oh, yeah. Carry somehow the woman you failed to carry this child, and that was even yeah. a conversation that we'll talk about in another podcast. Which yeah. came father who was like, "You have a responsibility, and you exercise too much, and blah blah blah." And I was like, "Actually, it was a bad sperm, and my egg was like, get out of here." Yeah, and no. it was smart. It was smart, smart. And she's like, "You are not up to par." And so I was like, "Wait a second, like this is a whole different way of framing yeah. this issue." Mm-hmm. It made me feel, and still does, so much. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, this is, I I love this image when I heard Kate talk about it and I I read it again in her book and I was like, oh, like I literally will, when I'm in that space, I will sit here, usually here. (laughs) here. Let me embody the egg, the egg wisdom. Like it's all going to get done. The egg wisdom. You know, and I have it in me and I'm supported. And I guess they're endlessly resourceful. There's a lot. I, I, I just, again, through friends that have gone through fertility, this like element of spirituality or, you know, the visualization that caught like finding those coping mechanisms, which often come, like, it sounds like from what you're saying is like finding surrender, finding that understanding that the world's working for you and not against you and all those things. I'm sure that can come from you. That would not come from me being a supportive friend. I'm sure to someone else being like, it's going to work out for you. But, but it's, it's, so, like, it's, it all works. Hard. We can't say, like, we have to start focusing just on the outcome, you know, because right. everything is about the process. And what do you want that process to be like for you? Right. And it's, it's hard. There's a lot to do. There's a lot of work to do. Okay. And it, it's hard to do it on your own. We can't see ourselves. I can see part of me. I can't see all of me. Right. It's, it's, so it's helpful to have somebody there who's maybe has their expertise and you have yours about you and your life and your circumstances. And um, yeah, there's, you know, the, just picking up on the subtle ways that you talk to yourself. You know, we, you and I talked about that, Nikki. And, you know, I use a little, I don't have one here, but 
Uh, sometimes I'll do something fun. I have a little biofeedback machine. So I, you know, again, the type A client who wants to know they're getting results and they're working on their meditation is like, okay, so you can like use this thing and you can measure and see like how your practice is progressing. And we just put a little sensor on the finger and we just focus on the thoughts actually. Like we don't even have to really focus on the breath. I'm like, okay, you know that thought you were telling me before that creates that comes along with this distress about how this is never going to happen for you. Are you okay with just practicing that? You, you practice it all the time, so let's see and see what happens in terms of the rhythm of your heart. So when we're really relaxed, this is beautiful sinus rhythm. It's really even and coherent. When we are in a stress state, it's like this jaggedy, a little bit up, a little bit down, like. It's, it's nothing that's like diagnostic for any health issues. It's just really the subtle rhythms of how your body responds to your thinking. Mm-hmm. So then we would, you yeah. know, just transition to, okay, look, why don't we try, what would be a more helpful thought right now? So it might be something like what, you know, what the research would say, like balanced optimism, meaning that it's, it's not like, you know, unicorns and fairy tales. It's really just, you know, it's entirely the possibility exists that this could be my baby. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm open to this possibility. Yeah. Right. Right now. Right. That this possibility is available to me, something along those lines. And like, I'm just like, okay, so just, if that's what it is, you practice that and let's see what happens. And the heart changes, right. The rhythm changes. So this is, it's a beautiful way of illustrating that how the languaging, what we're saying to ourselves really has an impact on the body, right? They're not separate things. And you can be rehearsing here or you be rehearsing something else that's more helpful. I love consciously. That. Rehearsing fear or you can be rehearsing something that's more helpful. That's good for birth too. <laughs> yeah. Or definitely all a lot of things, it, right? Yeah. Right? And we have to recognize that the fear is the default. We're I mean because really you're as from an evolutionary standpoint, you have to just survive. Like it doesn't care about thriving, just survive, right? Mm -hmm. So we really need to be conscious and with intentional about practicing something else. Yeah. Yeah. I just need to fault of where to go, right? With your mind. It's just like, okay, I'm going to immediately go here because that's what feels natural for me Mm -hmm. and my body. Yeah. That's a a nugget. I'm going to credit you for that one okay great yeah 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 wow you you are such a wealth of knowledge so much and and I just every time I talk to you state I just feel like you're calming me I feel so calm right now (laughs) voice the all the emotions of your hands and all just the egg (laughs) the wisdom no it's so you've got such a presence about you that that I I remember thinking um when we had our interview, you know, we, and I remember at the end, I was like, I can't hold it. I just started bawling (laughs) on camera. And I remember I was like, I just can't hold it in anymore. And it was good. It was cathartic. It was just, it allowed me to feel like truly open and truly vulnerable. And, Mm -hmm. and that was the greatest, the greatest lesson for me through this was that we as women have a unique ability to support each other. Oh, absolutely. Untouched by anything else. And it truly, like, it was, it's hard for me to say this, you know, because I know there's probably a lot of people listening and it doesn't feel like a gift, this experience. Like, it's, 
really hard for for you know someone in the middle of going through fertility to look at that as a gift because it's mm-hmm. the shittiest thing in their life likely thus far. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's easy for me to say this having had successful IVF and looking back with 2020 vision, being like I had these two children. It has broken my heart open and made me so much mm-hmm. more empathetic than I ever Absolutely. would in a million years. Yes. That has been a gift. And so that's why I feel so passionate. I get emotional thinking about it because yeah, need more support. And I'm an extroverted A-type personality with a platform online. So I feel a bit of a responsibility to normalize mm-hmm. it, to destigmatize it, to say, you guys are not alone. It's not mm-hmm. your fault. Yeah. Everything you need to do. And it's okay to talk about it. Mm -hmm. You know what? Like you will always have someone to talk to. So you can DM me, you can, you know, and I know they can do the same to you. And Mm -hmm. I just think women need more support and less, you know, I never forget it. I wrote an article on a post and it was about sharing my journey. And one of the comments, some random internet troll was like, just eat a cheeseburger and have a margarita. Everyone obsesses too much. And I was just like, Dragon Lady, <sighs> you know, because you have to remember that this is just some random desk jockey. Yeah, yeah. Comments. But I just remember thinking, like, how many people think that it's our fault? Like, if only we could just relax and go on a vacation. Uh, and so yeah. I was like, no, you know what? I should write more articles and talk about this more to change mm. the narrative and to make sh- try to like shed light on this and make it less of a taboo topic. Mm-hmm, exactly. So, and just give me, sorry, guys. Oh, yeah. I just need to pause for a second. I just need to, I'm sorry, I have to plug this in. Oh. <laughs> just a second. Oh, great. But yeah, it's true. It's it's one of those things we have to, we have to talk about more because, yeah, women are suffering alone. And I love the Brene Brown stuff, right? Mm-hmm. She's a fan of her work. And for those of you who don't know, she's all about vulnerability and, mm-hmm. and this idea that, like, you can't get, what is it? You can't get through courage without walking through vulnerability. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so this, and yeah, courage, it is hard courage. We don't have, it's not about blind strength. Like you can be strong and going through something easy. That's not courageous. Like that's not courageous at all. It's always with the hard stuff. Right. So, you know, so just coming back to the balance of things, because there is so much turmoil, there is so much emotion. We have to have a place for it and the writing and the speaking and all of those things. But we also have to be intentional what what else is going on. So as you say, like there's, your heart has expanded. That also is happening at the same time. Okay. So it's not like, you know, a lot, we have so many Pollyannish things, like it's all happening for like, you can't yeah. say those things. No, that's what that's <laughs> no, like through anything. Like I support, but it's saying like it's all happening for a reason. You know what? What I no because it's it's all like kind of minimizing, bypassing, not recognizing, and you know what I say to people is, as humans, we make reason out of what happens. It's about us. It's the story that we tell ourselves. It's most important. Right. And so, you know, we don't have, again, we don't have all the control. We have one piece. Doctor has a piece. (laughs) The lab has a huge piece. And then we don't know. Right. Okay. So there's a lot of pieces to that pie, but um, we can be intentional to balance the turmoil. So people know about a gratitude practice, make that a real practice, like every day, 
you know, three things that I'm truly, that happened today, not the generic stuff, like three moments, mm-hmm. joy, three moments of joy. I always put it in the journal. We have this every day, three moments of joy. Um, some a thing that you enjoyed a little nugget. It could be just coffee, silence. I don't know. Small. And then three things that you did that you feel good about where you showed your yourself, your own competence, right? This is the balance that we need. And it's that there's lots of research as all three are resiliency practices. And when you make it a practice, I keep using the word practice, right? It's something you do over and over and over again. So then you st- your brain is an amazing search engine. You land gratitude as something for it to search for, joy, something to search for, confidence, something to search for. And you find it. And then in the moment, you can lean into that because you're going to write about it. You want to remember. So that actually becomes more of your actual experience in balance. It's not to, you know, you have to do both in my book, not just the gratitude and not recognize the real feelings. Mm-hmm. That's not honoring your journey. Okay. So four and three things that you feel competent about that happened that day. And three. Yeah. Things. And joy. Joy. You actually enjoy. Okay. So, so making that a routine practice and, you know, there is something really like transformation is, I was going to say the word that is hard, is super hard. You know, I've done your classes, Nikki. (laughs) Not easy. And it's not the same thing, but if we want to grow, we're in a transformative process. You're transforming from what was before to something new and it's, there's so much chaos there. So never going to be easy. So why not take it on intentionally? Is like, no, I am going to grow through this. I'm deciding actually to grow through this. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to be better in some way. I don't know what that's going to be. But I know that I have this choice right now to make this about my growth. And that's going to serve my child tremendously. Because ultimately, if you can do this, if you can learn to love yourself, Really show up for that with compassion and love for that inner kid that's inside you already. Really practice presence. Really know how to manage your nervous system and pause before you react, right? All of these things, you do this now, you've set the foundation for being your best parent and you started with yourself and that's what your child is wanting. That's what they need from us, okay? And then you meet them and the process continues. (laughs) So, oh, doesn't okay. it? Okay. <laughs> okay. Nervousness piece. That's, yeah, amazing. Okay. So, you know, for anyone listening, going through this, this is not a waste of time. And you didn't have to go through this. You could have been going through something else and to, to do this stuff. But for whatever reason, it's this. Okay. So we just, the it's natural to push away, to say, no, I don't want this. It shouldn't happen. That is natural. We always reject when, when something comes up against us. And if we can just soften and say, okay, this is what it is. This is just what it is. It doesn't have to be any story about it. This is the challenge. And we support ourselves. We use the tools. We get the community. We do all the things and decide that we're going to be in some way, shape, or form. Something that doesn't serve me is going to be altered. And something new that will is going to come emerge from this. And that's what transformation is. 
so beautiful. I feel like I need to talk to you every day. Yeah. So, so we're going to do this daily. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. Like what a way to sum it, you know, in a way of not being able to sum it up at all, but, you know, provide at least, I think anyone listening going through this probably has a lot of great takeaways to be able to at least, you know, contribute greatly to what their the mind is thinking and the body's feeling right now you helped me so much and I just know that you are helping women who are mm. listening to this so mm. thank you Dr. thank you for thank you for allowing me to to be here with you guys this was so much fun having this conversation Most with you person. yeah <laughs> <laughs> so nice. I'm so zen going into the rest of our day I know I know we have a lot <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have a lot, a lot going on today. So thank you very yeah. much. And You're so welcome. And can I just shout out, like, because I, I created this for people to use it, this Growing Forward journal. So it, if you Google it, and I think you'll have it in the show notes probably, um, you can download it for free. So you don't actually need to have the physical journal. Some people do their own MacGyver thing, you know, or get it printed off. Just, you know, follow the format of it. It's really geared towards you go through this process and reflect back and notice your own growth, right? And think intentionally in the next week, what do I actually want to do to facilitate and support myself through this as based on what it's telling me, okay? And um, putting this out there for, yeah. for women, thank you. Oh, for, yeah, for for everybody and the guys too. That's a whole other story, but um yeah. yeah, we don't have enough time for that. The boys. <laughs> yeah. But also, you know, we're starting this on Instagram, this community of the journaling practice. And if people, it's called the Growing Forward Soul School. If people go and look at that on Instagram, in the, the bio, uh, you can register to, to get the recordings of me during the journaling practice. I do it every Tuesday morning at 7 Eastern Standard Time. And if you just want to have that experience and know that there are other humans showing up, to do this thing. And um, if you register for the recordings, if 7 a.m. is not your thing, it's fine. You can just, you just register once and we'll just send them to you until you tell us to stop. And um, so just a, a support and it's, it's pretty boring video, but it's <laughs> me like, you know, we do a little meditation. We get into a place of radical self-compassion and love. So we're practicing this. And then we just let the soul speak and sign it off and it's half an hour and, and you've done something good for yourself. So that's amazing. That's great. And effective, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Awesome. Join us. Thank you so much. <laughs> it's um, been such a pleasure for me meeting you. Um, yeah. It's, and thank you for, for all of your incredible words. And yeah, screen hugs, screen hugs. You know what we, we do in the, in the soul school, we do this hug that a friend of mine, who's a, a chiropractor and it's actually really effective. This is actually a great tool that I learned where you just hold your shoulder and just breathe and maybe support your elbows. So, and just feel that support. Just hugging yourself. Yeah. So this is the new, this is the new virtual hug, but that is like really, you feel something different. Oh, that's amazing. What you're good here. I feel it. That's great. I've never heard that before. I love it. Yeah. 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 So just a way of just, and for everyone watching feels kind of, like not grounded. This is just a, a quick way to get your nervous system to really tune into when you just that sensation of being yeah. held. Yeah. I yeah. always, yeah. especially, especially in these, uh, in this time. 
especially at this time when we're so distant from each other, we all kind of need this kind of physical grounding. So I send that out to, oh, to all of you and everyone listening. Amazing. Oh, so nice. Thanks for listening. Stay tuned for our next episode. And in the meantime, follow us on Instagram at WeGoTherePodcast and check out WeGoTherePodcast.com for more info.